everyone, I'm John Lin, the founder and chief editor at Healthcare IT Today. We're excited to bring you another episode in our CIO podcast series at Healthcare IT Today. We know your job as a CIO is challenging and we want to help your, make your life easier. And today we have a special guest. We have Jimmy Weeks. He's the IT strategist at Thomas Jefferson Health. Welcome, Jimmy. Welcome. Thank you very much, John. It's a pleasure to be here and a pleasure to see you again in person. I know. How wonderful, right? Uh, you know, I mean, it's, this is our first CIO podcast in person that we've ever done. So this is a groundbreaking territory, I guess, if we got so yeah. used to Zoom. But uh, for those that don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, and Thomas Jefferson Health. Okay. Well, so started in uh, healthcare uh, in uh, 1969 and uh, spent 25 years in facilities. Uh, ended up uh, working mostly on the telecom side, installed the first phone system in 77, replaced that in 87, and continued to uh, migrate up. And when uh, the folks in IT felt that the only answer was you had to stay on a mainframe, and I was running the local area network, I was given the opportunity to take over IT for Greenwich Hospital at the time. Wow. Uh, we implemented uh, Meditech and put in pretty much anything that they sold, and we were the first hospital in the state of California to be recognized for uh, stage six uh, wow. and I believe it was the 35th in the nation so uh, a, a wonderful organization to work for and a, a group that was very close together so we accomplished quite a bit and then uh, we were acquired by Yellowhaven Health and uh, worked on uh, uh, being on the client side of technology so the service desks the PC techs the fleet engineers that supported all the remote sites the operators uh, mobility, um, a great experience, uh, larger health system, um, implemented EPIC across the enterprise, including the ambulatory sites, uh, made a lot of progress. It was highly successful, uh, and they continue to grow. Uh, after 50 years, decided it was time to retire and maybe <laughs> had enough imp EPIC implementations. Uh -huh. And one of the gentlemen that uh, I worked with at Greenwich and at Yale uh, went on to become uh, CISO at Yale and then worked for Columbia Presbyterian and then moved on to be the CIO at Thomas Jefferson, that's Nasser Nizami, and he invited me uh, at my retirement party to come and help out. Uh, that was three years ago, and uh, been helping uh, Thomas Jefferson in various capacities. More epic go lives. Uh, their most recent one that we worked on uh, was five hospitals and over 200 practices on a big bang one day. Uh, that was uh, not for the faint of heart, <laughs> but that team knocked it out of the park. Uh, a very That's dedicated awesome. team there. Uh, not as much clearly, you know, folks sitting in the command center and at the elbow support. A lot of it was virtual, very difficult in these COVID times. At one point, I believe 37% of the PC techs actually were out with either COVID or being wow. quarantined, so it was quite challenging. Yeah. And the gentleman there, uh, Nick Diamico, did a, a, a amazing job to still deploy all the hardware required for the go lives so the the uh, challenge goes on uh, earlier this month uh, thomas jefferson acquired uh, einstein okay. so three more hospitals and now wow. thomas jefferson is an eight billion dollar health system and it's uh, it's a uh, honor to work for them and to work with nasa and the great team that he has there Awesome. I'm not sure that's the retirement gift you wanted, though. I mean, like, <laughs> that's quite interesting. But I mean, it's fascinating to think, you know, go back to, you know, 69, you started working in healthcare. Talk about some of those early days, like how transformative was 
I mean, even the phone system, I guess, that you were installing, let alone like how transformative was implementing those early Meditech features? Because I think we take that for granted now. So give us a feel like, what was the impact implementing IT back then? Well, clearly it was difficult, especially with the physicians, because this was the nursing system. Um, it, it was difficult to get traction uh, w with the, the physicians, especially. Right. It was tough. Well, and also, uh, you can imagine, it was in, in the infancy. This was the beginning of the electronic record. I have to say that the, the folks that were behind it back then were three nurses that worked in the department. I, you know, it amazes me that folks are talking about, well, you need to have clinicians in the IT department. We had clinicians in the IT department. As a matter of fact, in 87, Makes the nurses angry. at Greenwich worked <laughs> with a company called JRS who wanted them to help develop a bedside documentation system. So we had VT100s at the bedside and they built the nursing documentation system. Wow. Uh, and then after having uh, no luck in getting interfaces to work, the CEO sat us all in room and said, we're done with this. I want you to go out and find one system, does 80% of what we need, that does billing for the state of Connecticut. Uh, we don't want to be the first ones to do it and implement one package that does mode. And that's what we did. We bought pretty much everything that Meditech had, did some augmentation with medical systems management, some modules that they had. But those folks, and again, I credit those three nurses that worked with it in the department. We had a great pharmacist that partnered with us. It has to be with the clinicians partnering with the, the technical folks. So it was, again, not for the faint of heart at that time. <laughs> but again, I, I've, I've shared with you before, I'm a frequent flyer as a patient. And, you know, one of the high points was implementing BMV. You know, you, Dr. Berea did a, a book, uh, pa uh, Paper Kills, and no doubt it did. You know, it, illegible, delayed, yeah. lost. Uh, so we went to secure, electronic, and now instead of uh, attending hitting the floor and looking for where's uh, Jim Weeks's chart, oh, he's down in x-ray and the chart is in the back of the wheelchair. <laughs> and then saying, well, do you know what the vitals were or what the modus latest labs were? You didn't know. And we talk about business continuity today and having backups. Well, when you were on paper, business continuity then was having multiple fans <laughs> and, and having a clothesline to take the NCR paper and hang it up and try uh -huh. to dry it out no. because that was the clinical record. So clearly going from that where that record could be destroyed and all those results gone forever to now where it's available at the palm of your hand uh, wherever the clinician is. And that's what I think is so interesting. We just take for granted how easily accessible the record is. We forget all those lost charts or the illegible <laughs> records. You know, so this is great. I, I love the perspective. So talk about like, what do you see as the priority for a CIO today and how has that kind of evolved? Well, clearly partnering with the clinical team and, and spending a lot of time with the clinicians. I, one of the things I miss during this COVID times and, and things are getting better, I don't think there's a vaccine left that I can't take, even have the flu vaccine. <laughs> but, but, you know, embedding IT and the CIO into those meetings because it, the, the days in the past, it used to be, well, we think we need a software. We, you know, a department needs some software. They went out, they went to a show, they found something they like, or a salesperson called them blind call, and now all of a sudden, IT found out, oh, there's this software that now <laughs> they need network ports. Those days are gone. You have to, and, and I think in most organizations, the CIO, the CMO, the CMIO, the CNIO are embedded with the different departments and partnering. It's been difficult, again, now with COVID to do that in person 
person, mm. and I think a lot is lost. There's, there's the, the benefit of being in the room or walking the floors and observing and doing at the elbow support, you learn so much. So to have CIOs do that and, and the rest of the department. Uh, yeah, I, I think I shared with you earlier, there was a time where at uh, Yale we had uh, uh, folks in IT shadowing nurses and shadowing clinicians so they knew and could see the impact of when the network that went down or when Citrix went down or when Epic wasn't available. You have a room for, or when a network connection isn't available. It used to share with the staff that supported the lab sites, you know, you, just having that network connection go down, you now have a room full of people that were waiting for their labs that are dealing with possibly end of life uh, clinical issues. And now they're being sent home and we'll schedule you for another day. Sure. So you want the IT team to be sensitive to, you're not just supporting technology, you are part of the care team. So again, the CIOs that are integrated with they're, those that are providing the care is clearly important. And I can't imagine CIOs today not having that level of integration with the team that they serve. Yeah. I remember when I first was implementing EMRs, I would just go sit at the nurse's station. And, you know, people were probably like, shouldn't you be working? And I'm like, this is the this best is. work I yeah, can do. It is. Because just sitting there, then they come, oh, John, uh, I wanted to ask you about this. And you're like, oh, you could have sent an email, but they just didn't get to it or whatever. And so just sitting there, one, I observed what they were doing. And I'd be like, why did you just do that? You know, you can click here and, oh, you can? <laughs> so it was, I mean, golden, right? <laughs> so... Again, being on the patient side, almost every interaction is started with, if, if they know that I'm in IT or, oh, used to work here, right, uh, is 10 minutes of why they hate the system that they're on. <laughs> and then I reminded them they hated the system we were on before, so yeah, that never changes. That's a good point. <laughs> but the one, one interaction that I had was at uh, a lab draw station and went in and was talking to them. Of course, I look around, how's the wire management of the PC? Is the PC working? Where's the, uh, uh, the Improvata uh, tap? and go, is it hanging off or is it Velcroed and uh -huh. all? But I remember one, the nurse saying, oh, you work in IT? And I said, yeah, so how are everything? Everything okay? And the at-the-elbow support team uh, from the clinical side spent the week there, the, the week before, uh -huh. and she could not say enough about all the things it. that were fixed. And, you know, Mr. Weeks, do you know, I never knew how to do this or how to do that. <laughs> so that is so invaluable. They were a big fan of the system and of IT because they had that support and we need to bring that back I, I know again things have been sure. tough with COVID but we need to be IT needs to be embedded with customers otherwise you can't do it remote yeah I remember two years later at a staff meeting we were rolling out some new features and when I was demoing one of the new features she's like wait what did you just do there one of the assistant directors you know in APN she's like what did you do there I was like oh yeah we did this is that new oh no we've had it forever Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> you hear it all the time. Yeah. You hear it all the time. There, and, and unfortunately, the, the, uh, most of the systems that I've spoken to do not have the resources to be able to do sure. that. Yet, I can't imagine what the payback is if the clinicians, the uh, doctors, the P MAs, the PAs, everybody, if they knew the system well, it would work for them. And you would also get better be feedback when you're doing SUs or optimization. For sure. It's difficult to get that through Zoom and Teams. Not yeah. the same. So let's talk about uh, you know, some of your other projects or you know, what is an exciting project you're working on and what made it successful and you know, how did you do it to ensure it was successful? You know, tell us about you know, your, your favorite project. <laughs> 
I, I still have to, I, there's, there's no better excitement than when you're on the phone with Hims Analytics and about to find out, did you, you know, get the stage six? And stage uh, six at that time was a big deal. Uh -huh. So that, that had to, to be able to put in the little engine that could, this little tiny hospital in Greenwich, Connecticut, uh, to be able to implement that. So that, that, I have to say, that's still one of the highlights of uh, my career. Uh, and what know. made it special? Was it having a common goal for the team and then achieving it, or what? You know, what? what, what oh, absolutely. So we knew we were improving patient care. So while it was painful to get everybody on the floors to participate and, yeah. and do that, we actually so we clearly did that. Uh, and and partnering with the team, I remember we had uh, the the head nurse in. Uh, ED was our champion on the clinical side for BMV. And it was, oh my God, now I got to carry this scan around. It, not her. She equated the benefits and talked about the, mm. the safety, the five rights of, at that time, the five uh, rights of uh, uh, med administration and the benefits and how this would make sure it was the right patient, the right dose, the right time, and, and so on. And she was a champion. They had t-shirts that they wore. Uh, they did a lot of cheering, you know, to, to get it done. And it was highly successful. And then at Greenwich Hospital, there was a lot of focus on rewards and recognition mm -hmm. to take that time out and to celebrate the accomplishment, not just check the box that, okay, we got that module implemented, let's go on to the next. There needs to be a thoughtful stop and, and, and time out to, to reward everybody and, and to impart to them what they did to improve patient care, not just that now another piece of software is installed. That's not yeah. the goal. It's what did you do to improve the clinician or the patient or the doctor's life. That's great advice. So, you know, you've obviously had a, a long career and now you're starting your second career <laughs> in retirement, but What's the uh, biggest piece of advice that you'd have for maybe uh, someone who's aspiring to be a CIO or maybe a new CIO? Well, again, I, I'm, I'm big on customer service. You have to spend time with your customers. What are their pain points? Um, you know, you need to go through. So I'm a big fan of the CIO boot camp, went to that back in 100 years ago when it was at the University of Michigan and found it very valuable. So the education piece is clearly one of it. Going to events like this, going to HIMSS, being active in it, but spending time with your customers, asking them what are the pain points. You can't assume sitting, again, now remote, that you know what they're going through or an email that came through. You really need to spend time with them, need to embed yourself. IT needs to be, I would say, IT needs a representative in almost every departmental meeting. You may sit there and hear things that, well, there's nothing here I can help with, but I have to believe almost every one of those meetings have content where when you hear it and you know the technologies and the solutions you have in place, you can find something to make their life better. And, and I think that the most valuable time I spent uh, was always with rounding with the staff, one, spending time with the spa mm -hmm. staff. It can't just be sending an email that says, yeah. let me know how you make out with this. You need to be there with them. But rounding up on the floors, the ambulatory sites who always get left out, um, the culture, you need to, even observing the culture and seeing is the same mission, vision, values, goals, objectives, and action plans shared out at the edge as it is at the, the center of the organization. And again, as a frequent flyer, you can see slippage. And it's not that, uh, you know, it's tough these days in recruitment and retention. 
you can easily dilute your organization's culture by hiring the wrong folks. And again, these days, trying to get people just, you know, fill that slot, otherwise the position's going to be deleted. You need to make sure that you're focusing on re uh, getting the right folks that fit your culture. And the technology can always be trained. But yeah. again, I, I'm a big believer of spending time with your customer. Yeah, it's all about the people. That's, that's a great message. So we're here at the Chime Fall Forum. Uh, it's great to be back in person. What are you hearing from other CIOs? What challenges are they facing? What, what, what are, are there some themes? Uh, what are you hearing? So the great resignation is probably one of the biggest themes, and that's been a theme for a while. How do we deal with that? I mean, that's, so I, don't I, I, I don't know that I have <laughs> an answer. Solve it? I, I, <laughs> I, I think, well, we saw it was a Moxie, the robot that was helping one of the organizations out. And, yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're working with Avia now and trying to uh, put uh, Alexa in the room to uh -huh. help the patient. Um, on the, on the, the technical side, it's tough. Uh, healthcare can't compete. And I even in, you know, in Greenwich, Connecticut, it was difficult. I didn't lose staff to other hospitals or health systems. I lost staff to uh, financial institutions yeah. that it's could pay, pay more money. <laughs> and, and by the way, five o'clock, pretty much, they were off the clock. You know in healthcare, there is no pretty much off the clock. You're, no matter what team you're on, you're probably going to be engaged on a weekend, a holiday. Yeah. I remember at one point when we we were doing a bunch of the practices, the team that did all the deployments at ambulatory sites, they work Thanksgiving, they work uh, Christmas Eve, they work Christmas Day, they work New Year's Eve. It's tough. So when you have someone that's getting offered another $20,000, $30,000 and remote, uh, remote work forever, uh, you know, a lot of them are going with it. Myself, I could never do that. I, 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 it's very much the people interaction. Yeah. So it's great to be here. People would say, oh, you retired. Why? No, because you always learn and there's always <laughs> opportunity. Uh, but I, I think it's difficult and I don't know that anybody has an answer. Uh, my son, one of my sons and uh, his wife both work for Indeed and okay. they have so many jobs that are open, they just can't find people. Um, and, and one of the things that he had shared, he says, Dad, you know, there was also 700 people that died. So when people think, well, the people just all retired, no, yeah. there was a lot of people that are no longer here. Yeah, so true. the workforce shrunk in other ways. Uh, but it's difficult. And I think it's you have to market your, your successes. You know, th that next hire may be seeing your tweets, your Instagram yeah. posts, your Facebook posts, uh, you know, anything that's out there in the media. So when you've done something good, you have to stop, pause, and celebrate. And you have to cheer you have yeah. to be a cheerleader and it get says that a out lot there. about your culture right i mean it i think does. that's what you're saying is broadcast your culture <laughs> you, you do because that's a benefit because people can work anywhere but is it is it a good culture is the rewards and recognition is it a just culture that we all learn from our mistakes it's not you get your head chopped off um, now culture again having been through an organization so you can imagine starting in 69 it was pretty <laughs> much uh in in facilities it was uh you know, fear and intimidation was the method of the day. You know, you'd have a plumber throwing a pipe wrench at you if you uh -huh. didn't uh, do the right thing. <laughs> and now it's a much different culture. It's, it's uh, you know, engaging with the staff and getting feedback and seeing what their needs are. And again, you have to pause and celebrate. Even the, I'm Jack Welch, I, I, whether people like him or not, he used to say, we always found a reason to have cake and to do a celebration. <laughs> like and that. it's difficult now <laughs> when people are remote 
but it can't be ending a Zoom call talking about some go live mm -hmm. and it's two sentences of great job team, I'm really yeah. proud of you. And, and, and that I don't know time. how you impart it again in a virtual world. There's nothing that beats getting in a room and having cake or an ice cream truck outside or pizza and all that. It's yep. so valuable and I, we miss that and that has to come back somehow. <laughs> So maybe it's a hybrid work environment, but when people are on site, it needs to be that drive-by to their office. Uh, if it's appropriate, you know, shake the hand, um, you know, comment <laughs> about, elbow. yeah, do something. <laughs> that, that's so important. It makes people feel more a part of the organization. I think, again, with these other technologies, where, you know, this constant virtual is too sterile. Yeah. So we need to bring back that personal side of work. Well, that's great. I mean, how beautiful is it that uh, we met on Twitter, which says something as well. And this was awesome, Jimmy. I appreciate you taking the time. And thanks, everyone, for watching. If you want to find the rest of the episodes in the CIO podcast series, be sure to check them out at healthcareitoday.com. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank you very much.